Welcome to Occam's Razor, episode four. I'm your host, Jim Birchall. Episode four, we finally got there. We haven't actually done a show since about December, which is kind of embarrassing. I've just had a few other projects on. <laughs> um, in the meantime, I've actually been spending a bit of time in the UK chasing up, uh, well, when I say chasing up the paranormal, I visited a few sites that I thought were of interest to both the uh, enthusiast and the skeptic alike. Uh, we're going to discuss those tonight. Tonight's topic, we're going to focus on ghosts, ghouls, uh, poltergeist apparitions. There's so many names for them. We're going to try and get to the bottom uh, in an unscientific way, as we usually do. And tonight I am joined by Sean Baker. Sean is a tree surgeon and a raconteur <laughs> and a champion for the truth. Good evening, Sean. How are you? Good evening. Thank you for having me. We're broadcasting live from Auckland, uh, New Zealand, right at the bottom of the world. A lot of people don't even know we're here. We quite often get left off maps, which is embarrassing, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, okay, excellent. Well, I've just, uh, as I said, I've just come back from a trip to uh, the UK and France. Um, piqued my interest because that's basically, that part of the world's, you know, spook central really, isn't it, Sean? Um, you, I don't know if you've been over there yourself, um, but it's... You know, it's uh, Europe's a place in general is a place rich in culture and, and history. Um, two things that lend themselves to, you know, having tales of the paranormal, a lot of ghost stories, things like that. Um, and we're just going to touch on a few of those um, things tonight. Uh, the genesis of this show came on the back of a couple of uh, quite airy incidents I had um, at a couple of places of historical significance. Uh, one of the first of all was um, I visited Normandy Beach. Uh, no, I didn't. I visited Omaha Beach <laughs> in Normandy. Um, as many people will know, the home of the Allied invasion, Operation Overlord in 1944, June the 6th, in fact, uh, and recently just had the 75th anniversary of that. Um, and I think I actually sent you this audio, didn't I, Sean, back to New Zealand? I I was walking down the beach and I thought I'd put my paranormal investigator slash skeptic hat on <laughs> um, and just threw on the old mp3 voice recorder when I was uh, walking down the beach um, I, I found some some audio which troubled me a little bit actually it didn't trouble me at all but it certainly got me a little bit excited um, in the first few seconds of the audio we're going to play that uh, for you shortly you can hear what sounds to be the uh, well, it seems to be the sounds of uh, plane engines, and I hasten to say World War Two era plane engines, uh, overhead mixed in with the uh, background noise of the waves crashing together. Sean, you uh, we'll play that for you now, um, just so the listeners get a perception of what we're actually banging on about, yeah. um, and we'll leave you to make up your uh, your own mind in terms of what I have recorded and whether it's anything or whether it's just a load of crap. Mm. Okay, stand by. I'm going to play this for you now. So it's best just to concentrate on the first few seconds of the file. Um, and after that, it, it, it sort of morphs into, you know, your classic beach scene, basically. Generic beach sounds. Generic beach sounds. <laughs> That's exactly. I'll play it for you now. This is Omaha Beach, 22nd of May, 2019. So, Sean, you think I'm a crank, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do? You think I'm clutching at straws there? Just a wee bit. Mind you, it does faintly sound like maybe a plane leaving just past over here, and it's 
leaving, but at the same token, I think it's generic beach sounds. Generic beach sounds. <laughs> and I'm sort of looking for answers, aren't I? I, I want to hear something, don't yeah. I? Mind you, people want to believe what they, what they currently believe, because everyone wants to be right. But Yeah, I want to be right all the time. <laughs> I got a big mouth. You know what I mean? Um, but obviously it was a place of uh, great loss of life and that sort of thing. Mm. Over 3,000 uh, uh, mostly American troops as well as Canadian troops around uh, a bit further around at uh, Juneau Beach lost their lives. Strangely to me though, um, whether it's... I'm not a person who's particularly in touch with their emotions. Um, free, I'll freely admit that. Um, but to me, it didn't have a sense of uh, forebo- foreboding that you get at, at like places, you know, if you go to a graveyard or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah. or um, I went to a plague sort of church in Scotland once and there was all the graves were plague graves and that sort of thing. And, yeah. and it scared the, you know, the hell out of me, really. Um, but this place didn't. I mean, it was calm. It was a nice spring day, which probably helped quite yeah. a bit. But um, there wasn't any sense of, of that. And I visited the graveyard, um, the cemetery, U.S. Um, Servicemen's Cemetery, mm. not long after. Similar feeling there. Whether it was the fact there were so many people around, which can sort of soften the blow a bit, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, comfort with the masses. What do you think? So, well, obviously we're touching on ghosts tonight. Have you ever had a paranormal experience yourself or, or know, have a friend or a relative mm. who has? Um, I've had some kind of... I'm a bit of a skeptic as far as believing in the in the gen- what people think perceive to be ghosts, but okay. Well, what do they first of all? What do you think <laughs> they perceive as ghosts? Are you talking about the Casper and oh Casper the ghost, <laughs> you know, like okay. the yeah, like the um, a person, a figure of a person that was there, but then turn away and they're gone. Yeah, I think a lot of people so you're draw a, a classic apparition as yeah, 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 classic discussing. apparition. Yeah, yeah, I just. And what do you think, though? Do you have some sort of theory of what people are seeing, or do you think it's just a load of crap, or do you think it's hallucination or infrasound, something like that? I think people paint the picture a lot with their own mind. Yep. I definitely um, think that. And I think a lot of it can just kind of be explained. Yep. Um, so you're leaning towards the the pseudo-scientific angle. Yeah, a little bit. It's just yep. a bit more practical. I'll tell you what I subscribe to. Well... It's, it's not that I subscribe to it, but I think it's probably the most likely scenario is the stone tape theory. Yeah. Um, we were talking off air about this a little earlier. Uh, basically, the stone tape theory, for, for those who aren't enlightened, is it's, you know, a recording of emotions, um, you know, emotions from a time long gone, a person's emotions when, when they were dying or or at a great, you know, time of stress in their lives, extreme pain, anything like that. Basically, these emotions, the theory is, are stored somehow in a material uh, such as trees or, um, you know, copper or uh, stone, as it suggests, um, quite often conductive materials, uh, haunted forests, that sort of thing, yeah. you know. Um, so emotional or traumatic events um, basically projected in the form of energy um, are somehow recorded into their surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what people might be experiencing... Um, is sort of a replay of the past when they see an apparition or I'm not saying in every case because I think a lot of the time people are probably just misguided and as you said yeah. the power of suggestion is strong yeah we touched on that on a previous show the power of suggestion um what one was that on was that on I think it was when we did the slender man Nile and I discussed the slender man <laughs> or you know sort of an entity a paranormal entity of some kind 
Uh, anywho, and I think power suggestion plays a lot into it. You know, if you go to a house that you're, you're told is haunted or suspected of being yeah. haunted, a hotel or something, you're more likely to hear bangs and bumps in the night and things like that, aren't you? Um, so I think the stone tape theory has some grounds, but at the same time, what's the mechanism of, of action really? You know, what could, what device do we have that could, um, a record? you know, these emotions or whatever, or the energy. Because yeah. energy can only be transferred, as everyone knows. It can't be lost. So that energy's got to go somewhere, you know. Um, and I think at a time of extreme stress, such as death, which is probably the most extreme stress, yeah. um, you know, the human body must emit a huge amount of energy. Well, um, I must exert. Well, and, you think about yeah. how tired you are after grieving for so long just yeah the, yeah. Emo- the emotion of it yeah i mean and that energy's got to go somewhere but whether it's conducted away and the, the question is um also why does it show itself as a full body apparition or a partial apparition mm. or the manifestation of some of that energy um my theory well it's not really a theory because that would mean i you know i'm not trying to paint myself <laughs> as some sort of scientist yeah because if you've listened to the show before you'll know that's quite inaccurate um but I think um, at the times of extreme stress, the human body is surrounded by energy. That takes the form of obviously the body that it's that it's leaving. Um, and when the con- atmospheric conditions are right, i.e. on a dark and stormy night, it's all, yeah. um, you know, um, the, the energy will somehow be replayed and show itself again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's far-fetched, but for me, that's probably the best explanation. Not being a spiritual it's the most, person, like feasible idea that you can come up with. Sure. Now you're a you're a good Catholic boy. I know that. <laughs> um, you would have learned a bit about the you know the Holy Ghost and all yes, that sort of carry on. Yep. Um, did that? You know, your relig- having a religious, um, well, not upbringing, but you know, being exposed to religion as you were growing up. Yeah. Do you think that, for lack of a better term, tainted your views um you know on on the afterlife and oh know, yeah that sort yeah. of thing do you think um you would take sort of the more religious perspective on things like that yeah especially um being taught by devout catholics because yep. they're the people you look up to the most yeah and every kid wants to be like the person that they look up to so yeah definitely kind of preset Yep. Yeah. So that's your default thinking. mechanism? Yeah, you yeah. Think so, about yeah, it? generally. Oh, I mean, I'm old enough now to make my own yep. decisions, as most people, sure. people do when they grow. But, um, yeah, definitely between the ages of 5 and 11, 12, 13, when I started questioning things, yeah, every thought was... What did you yeah. question? Did you did the existence of God or the existence of afterlife or the whole thing? or? Well, that was around the time I lost the person that was close to me at the time was my granddad. Sure. And... Um, then I started, well, I was about 12, and I started questioning um, afterlife, God, existence, all of it, yep. and um, became a typical teenager at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think people that um, report seeing ghosts are more likely to be, <sighs> no, it's actually probably a bit harsh to say that, because throughout recorded history, there's been a lot of what you'd term sane people who have <laughs> actually called <laughs> them as well. But I think, again, you have to be someone who's quite in touch with your emotions. Yeah. Um, you have to be someone who's observant and perceptive and aware of their surroundings is the first thing. Um, too aware. Almost. Too aware. A lot of people, as you say, are seeking and searching for answers to things. Yeah. 
Um, and the first episode we ever did of Occam's um, was on psychics. Uh, me and Niall um, did an episode on psychics, and we we came to the conclusion that it was just you know bull. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, because people want to hear that stuff, you know. Yeah. Particularly people that are grieving and and that sort of thing. There, I recently spoke with someone who'd who'd lost a family member like a, at quite a young age. Um and they were still going through the grieving process past year or two, and they were seeking out yeah, yeah. these and when you're these mind for... readers yeah um you know to to obviously to give them some comfort and I was that's the kind of thing that really annoys me about these people um you know they prey on the weak yeah they're taking advantage and of that situation they're absolutely taking yeah. advantage of it I think some of them to be fair to them uh, when I see them. Uh, you know, medium psychics, etc. I think that they, some of them actually believe it. Yeah. But I think yeah. that could be, you know, a mental disorder. It's quite easy to believe your own lies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, especially if they they have a manic personality or an undiagnosed something like ADD or something like mm-hmm. that. And I think, um, you know, if you if you tell yourself something often enough, you believe it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's documented cases of murderers and serial killers and that sort of thing. And they'll tell themselves, you know, I didn't do that, but they, you know, subconsciously they know they did, but they're just, they've, they've trained their brain, you know, and yeah. their oral response to just be a default, no, I didn't do that. And that pathway of their brain is kind of, is just blocked off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's why a lot of them never confess. A lot of them do because they like to boast about it. And that's one of the traits of narcissistic personality yeah, disorder and yeah. stuff like that. But, but some don't, they never admit it and just, Basically, because they've blocked that part of their mind off, you know. Um, so banging on about this a little bit, but sorry about that. But anyway, Omaha Beach is. Um, I recorded some dodgy audio, as we heard. Everyone at home is probably laughing their heads off now <laughs> after that, saying "Jim, sort it out." Um, there has been quite a lot of reports of phantom airplanes and so forth. Um, not just in that Normandy area, but in particular in Kent. In the UK and Derbyshire, anywhere around there where there was RAF bases in the UK during the war, um, in there's a phantom Lancaster bomber has been seen on quite a few occasions actually. Again, whether that's I, I mean I've lived in Kent in England, which is right by the coast where where a lot of the airfields were, obviously given their proximity to to France, um, and on the weekend there is a lot of people joyriding out in. Um, you know, old old wartime planes and stuff like that, you know, Spit, yeah. spitfires and that sort of carry on. I'm just wondering if these people have had a few jars too many uh, at, the, <laughs> at the pub and they're seeing, you know, they're seeing something in the sky that's unusual, a, a plane that's unusual, which you don't see every day and they're putting, you know, one and three together yeah, and coming yeah, up yeah. with this. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, or, or is it a dimensional thing? It's not a ghost at all, is it? I mean, if we're going to explore... Further, we're talking about, you know, fourth and fifth dimensional sort of um, things. Is it is it just appearing on another plane for... <laughs> that's a pun, isn't it? <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just appearing on another plane? Um, you know, those space-time continuums messed up or someone's gone through a wormhole or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's one thing I could talk about for a while. <laughs> you could talk about that for a while? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I just... It interests me, that idea. What um what interests you about it? Just because it's outside what you've you've been told well, to believe, yeah. or you've so always every, believed. 
everyone kind of, well, Catholic and a lot of Catholic schoolboys would probably agree that growing up, you're always told one thing and perceive it, and it's not till later on in life where you kind of figure things out. So this idea that there's um other dimensions, fourth, fifth, sixth dimensions that uh, have its own space-time continuum. Yep. Mm. It's quite it's a, a rip in the fabric of yeah, time, so to speak. it's plausible, too. Well, I mean, scientifically it's plausible, isn't mm. it? Um, and there's no, there's no obviously, no scientific proof of the afterlife, and they, they probably won't be able to get you because you have to be at that point of, of dying <laughs> to actually prove You've got to come back. <laughs> you know, and, and um, you know, certainly there's people who have, have documented cases of seeing the light, you know, and, and yeah. coming back and describing it, but... For someone, I've, I mean, I've had, whoops, throwing things everywhere in the studio. I've had heart surgery myself, and I've been at a point, um, you know, when you're under the knife, they've stopped the heart, that sort of thing. I remember dreaming, it was pretty lucid. I always have lucid dreams anyway, but it was particularly lucid under the control of the anesthetic. Um, but I'm thinking the anesthetic is probably... The, you know, applying Occam's razor to this um, is the more most likely culprit in terms of the yeah, what so. people are seeing. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, perhaps opening up a different part of the mind, much like they do with the DMT, the, the yeah. spirit molecule, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, is it just playing with your brain's chemistry, or is there something more enlightened with it? What do you think about that? Mm. I'd have to do DMT and find out. You have to do it. <laughs> it's not like, where do you find DMT? It's not like you can just It's not like a cigarette tour. It's not like You can't walk into a, va- in a vape shop yeah. and buy, can you? <laughs> Ask the guy behind the counter. Exactly. No, you can't. So um, we'll have to find a guy. We'll have to find a DMT guy. If anyone's listening who knows a DMT guy and can get it smuggled into New Zealand <laughs> yeah, without overzealous customs service, then uh, let us know. If you haven't checked out our Facebook page, do so. It's got all sorts of interesting little stories and mini investigations that I've undertaken. Uh, one of which was at Kare Kare Beach, which is a mm. beach west of Auckland. Um, reportedly haunted by the souls of um, a Ma- Maori, which is the uh, indigenous uh, people of New Zealand. Um, a tribe that was attacked and the women and children of the tribe threw themselves to their death um, in lieu of being caught and killed and probably a lot worse. Yeah. Well, whatever's worse than being killed, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's a really airy place. It's not far from where actually we were recording right now. Um, you have some stories about Kare Kare and its history? Yeah, yeah. So just a little bit of background, basically. A tribe from further further north was looking to take over. They went down both coasts, but... um. When they got to this... What years are we talking here? Oh... Seven, I think it was yeah, the 1700s, 17, wasn't it? Yeah, 1750, Before the arrival yeah. of, of the white man in New Zealand. Yeah, anyway. it, was, it was still yeah. very um, tribe versus tribe yep. natives. Um, basically, one tribe looking to further their, their lands had um, arrived at Karikari, which is a beach settlement, more or less, atop cliffs. Yep. Um, most of the people that were able to fight against them had already died and lost so yep. women and children maybe a few young boys but definitely able to defend themselves threw themselves into a blowhole and off of the cliffs yep um those that climbed down into the blowhole to um hopefully not hide and not be found they actually put trees um in the bottom on fire and smoked them out until they oh is that right yeah until they um climbed out and 
either killed themselves or they were taken. My mother told me a story about Karakari Beach um, that she, I think she was involved, uh, she was involved with the police, uh, police officer like many years ago and I think apparently they used to get reports of people walking down the beach and then just disappearing. And, and someone once phoned it in and um, she might have taken the call. I don't know the exact story, but apparently this happens quite often um, and people think someone's drowned, etc. Because for those who haven't seen the beach, it's it's a rugged, dangerous beach. Yeah. Um, it's not good for swimming. It's, you can swim there, but it's, it's you know, what they call the Wild West Coast in, uh, yeah. of, of Auckland, New Zealand. Um, it's not great for swimming and you really, you um, make your own luck really out there, yeah. don't you? So, yeah. Um, it's not unusual for people to drown there, put it that way. Um, and they, they've used it actually in a number of films um, as a backdrop. I think The Piano, uh, 93, directed by Jane Campion with Harvey Keitel. and oh, really? it was uh, who was he? Holly Hunter um, and Sam Neill, local sort of actor. Um, and I think they might have won an Oscar or some, some yarn like that, wasn't it? The young girl won an Oscar, didn't she, for The oh. Piano? Anyway, I'm waffling. Karakari Beach, um, I took some, some video there, and I just look like sort of a bit of a dork with an iPhone, really, um, just hanging <laughs> Typical around. Typical tourist, then. Exactly. Um, taking some video, just hoping to catch, as I do, always trying to hope to catch something paranormal on film, um, just to make life a little bit more exciting, but nothing happened. Uh, but it's a foreboding kind of spooky place, even if you didn't know that the story behind the place. Um, there's definitely something in the air there. Isn't it just there? feels heavy. Heavy, yeah. Yeah, it's very dense. Yeah, maybe it's the salt or something, but it just feels heavy. Like there's definitely. And it's a black sand beach too, so it's um, it's it always makes things look a bit more sinister. Yeah, it? it's a very dramatic looking place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got places in New Zealand that are that are haunted. New Zealand suffers i suppose in the paranormal realm a little bit from the fact that we're not that older country i mean yeah. obviously the land's been here for you know millennia um it was originally part of a continent called godwana land uh and then it broke away into the island and it were the two islands that it is uh, made up of today so i when i go to the uk which is quite often i'm a dual passport holder so i go and do um I, I put my uh, ghost geek hat on and I, I'll go to a few places. One of them, um, notoriously haunted pub in, um, I think it's in Mayfair. It's right in the city anyway, in the Flash area, uh, called the Grenadier Pub. And I visited that about three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, and it's supposed to be uh, haunted by a, uh, well, it's an ex-serviceman's pub. They had uh, officers, army officers and stuff used to go yeah. there, hence the Grenadier, which... Grenadier Guards are, I think, under the, um, you know, under the Queen's Queen's Own Guards or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone listening. Um, but anyway, they've had a lot of apparitions and reports of them and so forth. It's it's a place that's ripe for it. You know, they've always got the guy in the bar. I sat down and ordered, um, you know, uh, what did I have? It was something delicious. It might have been a <laughs> prawn cocktail to start with. <laughs> and over my prawn cocktail, I got speaking to the duty manager. He wasn't the owner of the place, uh, but he had, he had heard all the stories, etc. He personally hadn't seen anything, but he said it's quite common for things in the kitchen uh, to go flying. Um, That's just the chef. <laughs> exactly. They might have Gordon Ramsay there or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Um, things going flying. Um 
And doors slamming, TVs turning off, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, grain of salt in those places. It, a lot of these pubs are, are very old. Um, so the plumbing creaks, you know, the, yeah. the the sewage system under London is old, you know. There's a lot of old pipes, a lot of funny noises, uh, a lot of funny smells, I can assure you, especially on a hot day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was fun, though. You know, it was a good place to tick off and say, yeah, I've been there. And um, I sat there and took a few photos and didn't get any <laughs> decent hits of anything. Just more pictures of my prawn cocktail, really. So, um, yeah, for Instagram. Another place I've been in the past, I didn't go recently, was uh, 50 Barclay Square, um, which again is, is not far from there. I think it's in Mayfair as well, actually. Or it's somewhere right in the city there near Oxford Street. Um, and that was supposedly the most haunted uh, place in London. The story goes uh, a guy was staying there 17, 1800s or something, and he had a pistol and then he shot a ghost or something like that. He said a ghost was in his room, he ended up shooting him. I have to look at the story again, but today it's just, um, you know, it's an office, it's a company. You can't just waltz in there, you know, it's an yep. office suite and that sort of thing. Uh, so I just got a geek picture outside it and that sort of thing. But I understand it's one of those overhyped sort of places that, you know, um, you know, it's more of a um, curio now than, than when it was probably blown out of proportion because a a story appeared sort of uh, 150 years ago about the place and everyone took it verbatim and obviously yeah, it yeah. got that reputation. But in terms of modern activity at the site, poltergeist or, or whatever, um, there doesn't uh, there hasn't been anything reported for quite some time. So I think we can probably call, call that one BS on yeah. that one. Uh, but there's a few places you can't call BS. Um I went to Spook Central in Paris, and I did this by accident. I went to, I was forced to by my uh, my partner to go to <laughs> um, Saint Chapelle, which is a small uh, chapel. Um, basically, it's where you go when you can't get into Notre Dame, and we couldn't get into Notre Dame well, because no of the fire. Can. Yeah, exactly, um, and it was just surrounded by police and. We've all heard the theories of why there was a fire, and you know it does sound a little bit suspicious, but who knows? Um, anyway, so we went to Saint Chapelle, and you know walked around. Yeah, yeah, old church, blah blah blah, full of tourists. As we were leaving, um, turns out the um, Palais de Justice, the, the the courts, effectively High Court of Paris, was um, right next door, in yep. the same sort of two for one admission almost. A grand old building which once um, housed prisoners from the first French Revolution, seventeen eighty nine, and you know it was a is like an old jail and courts and stuff like that, um, where they showed you all the cramped sort of conditions yeah. and you know life was pretty crap, uh, not just for prisoners but in general I think you know, <laughs> yeah. and the hotel rooms haven't got any bigger in in three hundred years either I can assure I you. Yeah, it was a little bit uncomfortable. I couldn't turn around in the shower, Sean. It was a main <laughs> issue. Um, but anyway, I'm blabbing. Um, I went into the courtyard. Uh, it's called the Woman's Courtyard, where they held uh, the woman prisoners um, of the revolution. A lot of them awaiting trial and so forth. Uh, Marie Antoinette, who was an unfortunate character, obviously. She got sent to the uh, gallows. She was held in that courtyard before she did it. And there was a wonderful painting. Well, not wonderful for her, but there was a wonderful painting... <laughs> of her being led to her death <laughs> through the woman's courtyards and up the steps. And I was sitting in that courtyard and I was just sitting there thinking, 
Okay, so I'd, I'd bombed out in the other places. I'd gone to the Paris Opera House. We'd bombed out there. There was no Phantom of the Opera. There was no lake underneath it, anything like that. Um, but I thought, you know, I've hit pay dirt here, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for the apparition of Marie Antoinette to turn up. Nothing turned up, unfortunately. Nothing turned up in my pictures. Imagine that. But imagine how cool that would be. You know what I mean? So I got, you know, I got my, um, I filled my boots there anyway in terms of that sort of thing. Um, then we went out to Versailles. Now, Versailles is a very interesting place. A lot of people know what Treaty uh, of Versailles. So Palace of Versailles is, you know, is built by Louis XIII or all that. They're all called Louis, so, you know, they all, they all built a bit of it anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was home to the most, documented and probably the most famous um, case of a time slip um, for those who don't know what a time slip is it's a temporary what's alleged to be a temporary slip into another you know time or dimension two English ladies um, it was known as I'm just trying to remember the exact names that's right the um, Mobley Jordan incident um, so the two ladies names were Mobley and Jordan this is in 1901 and they're exploring the grounds of Versailles, uh, just, you know, something to do, because they had no Netflix in or anything, so, you know, <laughs> they've got to do something. So they're cruising around the gardens of Versailles, um, and all of a sudden, it, before their eyes, they started seeing people dressed in um, clothing from a different period. Initially, they put it down to um, to them being reenactors and stuff like that. Um, you know, just huh. wearing costumes on the day and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then they said, that, you know, the buildings changed um, and everything looked different, you know, and, and they believed they were looking at a scene from sort of a couple of hundred years earlier, or at least 150 years earlier. The story got a lot of press, um, mainly because they were two reasonably well-to-do women. So they weren't, in those days, if you were well-to-do, um, that equated with being trustworthy. Which yeah. Is, yeah, Which is completely flawed, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and they ended up writing a book about it and it's been largely, well, people have been 50-50 on it. Um, time slips are, are very interesting, you know, are they again related to the stone tape theory that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Do you think they're a replay of the past or do you think there's some sort of slip of dimension, the dimensional slip there again? Mm, interesting theory. So this is, this is the kind of stuff that actually gets me going a little bit it gets you going yeah. <laughs> watch out yeah no I fully I fully think that's possible uh, that stone tape theory does make a lot of sense as well yeah to me and um I would like to that would be one experience I would actually want to have happen to me yeah yeah you'd be would... pretty down with that <laughs> yeah I don't think anyone would believe me not this day you'd go, no they wouldn't they'd say oh you just photoshopped it or something yeah 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 everything's photoshopped by the sounds of things um, so that was good. I enjoyed walking around there. Um, I didn't see any time slips, unfortunately, but it's not all not all bad. And I tell you for why. I took a photo in the bedchamber of the royal apartments. Um, I think it was Louis Thirteenth's room, but I have to. I can't confirm that at this point. Again, they're all called Louis. So you get a bit yeah. lost in who's doing what. Um, <coughs> excuse me, and. I managed to take a photo of the bedchamber and there's a light, what I thought was a light flare initially, um, sort of to the top left of the image. Um, and I've put up on the Facebook and uh, Instagram pages. So if you're listening, have a look at that and tell us what you think about it. 
Um, most people have just said you're an idiot and it's a lens flare. Um, it could be. A dust particle. A du- well, it's, I don't think it's a dust particle because that would show up more as an orb. You know, when people say yeah. they've seen orbs, it's usually just dust. Okay. Um, but so I put up a, I put up a, you know, a, a comment. Is this a ghost manifesting or is it a light flare? Um, the shape of it would probably suggest it's a light flare. Um, but it's an, it's interesting anyway. I'm glad I caught something, you know, because yeah. I've been banging on about this for ages, you know. <laughs> and I've been, you know, going around taking about a million photos of supposedly, you know, haunted and spooky sort of looking places. Yeah. And I've gotten nowhere so far. But this could be my pay dirt if this comes off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure the Daily Mail or something like that will buy it off. Pay millions for it. You never know. Um, Yeah, well, that's the plan anyway. Um, So, yeah, that was good. Um, Whilst in London, I I checked out the George Inn as well, which was uh, an ancient sort of uh, coach in right on London Bridge there. Um, It's known as a Galleria sort of inn, um, just by the way it's shaped. And... There was basically it was again it was a you know a place where I didn't it had a funny smell to it but I think that was more the age of it and lack of cleaning or yeah but it was it was just old you could just feel the history in it and Charles Dickens used to hang out there and all this sort of carry on and they never really washed back then either no they didn't wash they didn't wash um. Because I think if you're seeing an old-fashioned ghost, you'd probably smell them first. <laughs> smell you know them I mean? coming, you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> you probably would, though. You know, people talk about Bigfoot and stuff, and they go, he stinks. Actually, he stinks. you ask, how do they know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he's a skunk ape, isn't he? It's a gorilla suit. Now, one of my big regrets was I didn't get out to Borley Rectory. Now, Borley Rectory was the site of alleged paranormal behaviour in the 1930s famed psychic investigator Harry Price who some people think was a total charlatan um, and I'm starting to to agree with them a little bit um, I was actually going to visit the site with the author uh, of a book on Harry Price which has um, subsequently been turned into a mini-series or something like that or a movie or something on the BBC or one of those um, and I didn't get a chance in the end to go out there because the actual site, the rectory uh, where all the supposed activity happened, um, was actually burned down um, uh, even around the time where Harry Price was investigating earlier. So the site was still there, um, and it's it's pretty notorious in British history for its... Well, just from the stories that came out of it, there was a very famous photo of a levitating brick and all this sort of stuff, but in recent years it's come out that... One of the guys working on the site just threw it and someone took a picture. But, <laughs> it was just good timing. Uh, yeah, it was, must have been really good timing. So Harry Price, yeah, he was he was a bit dodgy. I mean, he's probably the best way to describe him. You, um, if he came to you with a business offer, you probably wouldn't take it. Do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you shook his hand, check all your rings are still there. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That was the impression I got of him anyway. And I think the books about him as well that people have started to... Um, you know, form that opinion as well, especially in the modern modern age where you know spiritualism and and ghost photography and ectoplasm photography and all this sort of thing was all the rage in the Victorian era, and if you've ever seen some really old ghost photos, um, they're just terrible. I mean, yeah. it's embarrassing <laughs> how bad they are. 
Um, but they fooled people for a long time because they didn't know any better. First well, of all, they had no media whatsoever. They had no media whatsoever. Yeah. Well, they had you know hand well, they... handwritten, um, you know, uh, hand drawn, um, you know, police news and penny dreadfuls and these sort of things as as their reference point. But today, people aren't as easily fooled, um, yeah. and also science has developed and yeah. that sort of stuff. So it's. You know, you still got the hardcore people who, who like me. I mean, I'm not a, as I say, I'm not a believer particularly. I just want, you know, the basis of this show is that we want to get to the bottom and form the, you know, form the opinion and obviously take the most likely scenario, which is, you know, the delve of, of Occam's razor to uh, to prove yay or nay on these things. Um, so I'm not going to turn into a professional ghost hunting. You'll be happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, even though we were watching YouTube yesterday and a couple of fellows, Auckland based guys, um, Oh God. Yeah, they were, now they were doing an investigation. Well, that's a loose term, but they were doing a, a YouTube video from Waikometi Cemetery, which is not far from us again out here in West Auckland. Just Auckland's. a different direction. Different direction. Yeah. yeah. And that supposedly sees a lot of apparitions, um, uh, you know, it might be worth us going there and flashing our camera a few Funnily times. Enough, Funnily enough, there is... Have you got a story about that? Have you? <laughs> well, a friend of mine was uh, was there at night. It's it's quite a quiet area, as you imagine, most large cemeteries to be at night time. Yeah. So they were doing some um, illegal activities, as 15-year-old teenagers do. What sort of illegal activities, Sean? <laughs> some friends of mine. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't it a was part you, of it. Wasn't it was you, was my friends, just for in case my yeah. parents are listening. Um, but no, they said that it was the only time that they've ever experienced anything like that. And they said it was a a, a woman, an apparition, full-body apparition, walking mm-hmm. towards them non-stop until they turned to run away and turned back. And there was no one there. Really? Mind you, they were taking psychedelics, so... Okay, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> See, every that puts story, a big asterisk Every story has me, a question mark hanging over it. In this case, it was yeah something they smoked. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to turn into one of these paranormal investigators. A, I think most of them are full of it. And, and B... People think you're a lunatic, don't they, really, if you do that? Some of the shows are just ridiculous. Well, have you ever seen that? Well, our favourite's um, Ghost Brothers, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, Ghost Brothers. These uh, three African-American guys who do get into it, and it's got a different twist on it than, yeah, than the usual Yeah, I think they of, know it themselves. Yeah, 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 but it's good. It's actually quite a good, fun show. Uh, but they go to some, you know, some spooky kind of places. Um, I used to hate Most Haunted. Did you ever watch Most Haunted with Yvette Fielding? No, no, I don't remember. Oh, it's just such nonsense. It's... They they throw stones at each other and say they've been hit by something <laughs> and they slam doors and you know make all sorts yeah. of fault. I love know. the gear they get to that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? And then they have a historian who. The best part about it is is Richard Felix, who's a historian who, who talks about the you know the place and you know the ghost story. And he's a great storyteller and all this sort of thing. But then they just ruin it by having investigations. Yeah, and it's basically. Yeah. All the female members of the crew just scream and run in directions and they all go into a room and say they can't breathe or it's too cold or someone just touched their neck or, again, the parasuggestions coming into it and possibly, you know, uh, infrasound and that sort of thing. Um, I generally think that a lot of these people want to be scared. Yeah. That's why they do this for a hobby or, or whatever. Well, it's the same as people who watch horror movies, isn't it? Yeah. 
you know, some people just are bored with life and they want to sort of have a bit of a jolt, you know, mm. to to be to be shook a little bit to make sure they're still alive, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. It's no different from someone going skydiving bungee or bungee jumping, jumping yeah. or something like that, getting out of your your metal coffin and you know and doing something. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, as I said, these shows I just think are rubbish. Um, there was actually an interesting thing that happened on uh, on Most Haunted. It's a UK show, as I was talking before. They've got this... I only bring this up because I was in Windsor uh, checking out the castle a couple of weeks ago. And the, across from the castle is a small movie uh, sort of, you know, stage theatre sort of thing. Um, and Derek Acora was, was lined up to come and uh, do his show the following week. It's a shame I missed it. Now, Derek Cora used to be the resident psychic on, or medium on, uh, yeah. on Ghost yeah. Hunt or whatever the hell it's called. Most most wanted. Um, now, they used to have a parapsychologist on the show called Karen O'Keefe. Um, now, Karen was a straight-laced sort of man of science, um, but he had a good personality. He wasn't a nasty sort of skeptic. You know, you get those skeptics yeah, yeah. that just... They come across real know-all. They can't wait to shut them down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't like that, but he he knew that Derek was full of it, okay? Yeah. And he set him up a hell of a trick too because they went to a old jail, and I think it was a jail anyway, I think it was down in Cornwall, and he said, do you have it? The night before, he'd been having dinner or something with Derek and he, with a production crew or whatever, and he dropped the name Creed Kafer, okay? So Creed was spelled K R E E D and then K A F E R, and he dropped a story about Creed Kafer being a South African jailer, who worked at the prison, yeah. and he was you know notorious and he was, all the prisoners hated him and he was just a total jerk basically, yeah. um, and his ghost was you know could be haunting the place or whatever, and anyway, so the next day they did their investigation. I use that in inverted commas. Um, and Derek suddenly got possessed. He got possessed. He, oh. he quite often gets possessed, you see. And he got possessed, and he said, they said, who are you possessed by? And he said, Creed Kafer, like this. <laughs> and everyone went, ah, okay, Creed Kafer. And as it turns out, if you spell out Creed Kafer, rearrange the letters, you've got an anagram of Derek Faker. Okay, <laughs> and he got him again on another show. He didn't even learn from that. He got him again on another show, and it said, um, "I can't remember the exact name he used, but the anagram that what he had written was Derek Lies, and it had come across in the same similar sort of scenario." Yeah, yeah. Um, and they ended up the show actually ended up getting um, complaints to Ofcom, which is the regularly bar- regulatory body in the UK for TV right. and radio and stuff like that. Okay, so you can't say if you see K on it and things yeah. like that. Um, and they got complaints that, you know, they were being fed a bunch of lies and all this sort of stuff. And Yvette Fielding, the host, or the she's actually the whole, she runs the whole production company, you know. She said, oh, well, you know, it's just an entertainment show and blah, blah, blah. And they, they agreed with it and said, they upheld it and said, I mean, yeah, that, that's probably fair enough. It is an entertainment show. You know, it's not supposed to be portraying a, right. a um, you know, concerted, invest- or concerted effort into investigation of the paranormal, blah, blah, blah. It's fair one to have a bit of a, a bit of a laugh or a bit of a, you know, get a bit scared before mm-hmm. they go to bed and that sort of carry on. Um, 
and you know, and that was the end of it. But what amazes me, and this harps back a little bit to our psychics episode, um, that this guy still operates because people people know he's a liar first of yeah, all. Yeah. They know he's full of it, and yet they still go to it. You know. Mm. Maybe it's just the celebrity of him, you know. And um, he used to be a professional footballer, strangely enough. Um, so he already had a following, so to speak. Or well, I think his name was people knew who he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and but people obviously still go to his show and believe all his tripe, you know. And I just just don't get. <laughs> you know it. what I say? Let him. Just let him do it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, let him. Yeah. It can't be that many of us. So it's, yeah. Just let yeah, him. but. There is, though. The problem is there is a lot of people who believe it, you know? Um, and I'm not on a crusade to stop these people because, again, it's just <laughs> entertainment to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but how can you be lured in so easily by that, you know? I it just must don't be get really it. entertaining for them, put it that way. Absolutely. Um, we did... Just kicking back to New Zealand again. Um, actually... On the uh, Occam's Razor Facebook page and Instagram, I put a few pictures up of King Seat Hospital, which is a former mental hospital, which is in South Auckland, a uh, suburb called King Seat. And it was a mental hospital up until 1999, something like that. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, and um, many reports of apparitions. There's so many. Yeah. It's It's just so many, in fact, that there's a business called Spookers that operates there, which is a, you know, a, what, how would you describe it? A haunted um, attraction, they call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So you walk through the place and, yeah, you might walk around the corner and there's, it's, they're just and actors. Act, acting school yeah. graduates and stuff jump yeah. out at you and Yeah, they're so trying forth. to get on TV. Yeah, yeah. Have you been there yourself? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay. I have. It's worth the money. Daytime and at night. But you know it's not real, so. Oh, yeah, but. The other time I went there was, but they have a paintball attraction thing there as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you get to shoot ghosts and ghouls? Or just, <laughs> yeah, just they just mates? pop up on demand. No, they... <laughs> <laughs> nah, but they have a paintball thing on one side, and then you go through the actual building into some of the grounds for the spookers experience, which is normally at night. Yeah. You must basically get Well, it, it wouldn't be much fun in the day, would it? Well, no, no. no. You'd just see everything. Because so. I went out there and took some pictures, um, and I just did my classic filters on them and made them black and white or whatever the silver screen or whatever the <laughs> one I use is just whatever looks the creepiest you know what I mean and it is a you know it's a creepy kind of a place there's people still living there actually I don't know I think they might really? be wards of the state or some sort of emergency housing there is people actually living there not in the main uh, hospital kind of buildings yeah, sure, but in the peripheral ones they would have used for, for nurses or staff or or whatever back in the day so there is quite a few good spots um, around that we can check out. But given New Zealand's a small country with a short history, uh, well, history of people anyway, there's not, yeah. um, there's not as many attractions in the, in the spiritual realm as you'd get in the UK and, and France and or in Europe in general. Yeah. Hence why when I'm over there, um, I like to have a look. Full advantage of uh, your time there. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we've touched on a few things tonight. Um, hope everyone has enjoyed the show. Your final thoughts, Sean? Ghost poltergeist, real or not? Uh not. What do you think people are seeing? I'm, th- I'm thinking that they're seeing what they wanna, they wanna believe, what they wanna see. Their mind's doing most of the work for them subconsciously. Yeah. Um, mind you, the theory of other dimensions and things like that. Just to touch back on that quickly. Yeah. 
I do think that that is possible, probably to more, um, a bit more looking into it to prove my theories wrong or not, but. Are you going to take up a sort of a, a paid study, peer-reviewed sort of a thing? Or are you anyone just gonna... wants to pay me, yep. that would be fantastic. Okay. <laughs> but no, just a bit more research into that kind of thing, I think. I've always been one for making up my own mind, own mind and trying not to be influenced by anyone. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's the, and that's the way to be. All right, excellent. That was episode four, Occam's Razor, a podcast about the paranormal and things that go bump in the night. Coming up on Sunday, we're rocketing through to episode five. I'm going to have special guest Matt on the show. And we're going to change tact a little bit and talk about, uh, well, Nazis and the occult and Nazis and their whole whole vibe really the whole they're a mysterious sort of i mean they were they were jerk offs let's be fair let's not let's not sugarcoat them (laughs) but they really had some strange ideas and in terms of the occult and paranormal and stuff they they truly believe that they could tap into that that realm to help themselves you know Mm. help with their Aryan domination and and winning the war which is you know pretty laughable really yeah but we're going to touch on that things like um as i as i said the occult and, and bringing back in extinct beasts mythical beasts uh and even things like diglocka which was um the bell which is a very interesting story so tune in for that episode five coming your way soon and that's good night from me see you guys later